Hey y'all, it's Paul. Go ahead and leave a review in the comments and let us know who you like doing the intros more, me or Adrian. As always, you're listening to Big Facts No Cap, the only show that's number one with fast food lovers and comedian Donald Glover. Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap No cap. Uh, okay, Paul, do you want to do you want to start with a kind of like a what could be an auditory or visual bit, but something for our Gen Z TikTok uh, folks? Yeah, go for it. All right, uh, Paul, uh, tell me you're a co-host of the Big Facts No Cap podcast without telling me that you're a co-host of the Big Facts No Cap podcast. Oh, okay, okay. Do you do you spend more time giving other people advice? than fixing your own life then you might just be a host of the big facts no cap podcast well no, now you're taking it away from the gen zers <laughs> you're doing a bill Engball thing <laughs> i don't think they're gonna get that uh have you, have you seen that on tiktok that trend uh i've seen it on twitter oh really that's on yeah. twitter too yeah in the old folks home <laughs> i know still doing that <laughs> i know yeah and that was from that's months tight. ago on twitter tell me oh it's been around like, for a long time yeah. yeah uh so adrian you tell me Tell me you're a host of the Big Facts No Cap podcast without telling me you're a host of the Big Facts No Cap podcast. And I said, Polly. <laughs> Are they going to get that? I think that's more for me and you. I don't know if yeah, the audience is <laughs> on that. That's true, but it would technically serve as evidence in court. Yeah, I actually have no idea. I've, I haven't actually seen enough of that trend to know how it really works. Adrian, if you were going to replace me with a, a podcasting radio, television, or movie celebrity to co-host this podcast, who would be your go-to? Probably Joe Rogan. You think these podcast episodes are when we hit an hour and a half, just not long enough? You think you could go to three hours if you had some monkey fights or whatever? That's true. Yeah, I need yeah, I need a four hour podcast um, <laughs> where I'm also being recorded visually the entire time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How is it? What he does even podcasting? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a, it's a morning radio show. You know, yeah. it's kind of uh, just not in the morning. I don't think, mm-hmm. and not on the radio, and not it's really, not really much of a show. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean. Is it, who would you choose? The uh, the lady from Truanon? Liz Frantic? I don't think she would want to talk to me. Um, That's a cool dynamic, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her, her outright contempt for me and me just being in love with her. That would be a cool yeah. podcast. That's cool. Uh, Where you guys review all the seasons of Star Trek Next Generation. You know, some concepts for podcasts out there are getting that like out of control like people i guess have run out of all the most basic ideas like reading your dad's porno or whatever or watching your dad's pornos so now they have to come (laughs) to things like me and my enemy watched the third season of star trek together that's the concept for this podcast that's that probably that 100 exists that is a podcast (laughs) i don't think i could get cat williams but if i could i i think that would be a fun dynamic for a podcast me and cat williams i would record with the seventh grader that beat him up (laughs) 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 <laughs> that way we'd become rival podcasts i was about to say you know what i thought of that would be a good podcast that i bet exists but if it doesn't we need to start a second podcast and make a network um do we have this idea of like reading a book and watching the movie and discussing the differences or which one's better that has to exist right like i feel like the book was better like that's almost certainly what you would call it the book was better hmm. yeah seems like a lot of effort i guess that would not be a weekly podcast yeah Probably not. Unless unless you were already famous enough to make it your like full time thing, like it mm-hmm. immediately had an audience. 
Yeah, that's true. We'll let Conan take that idea. Yeah, we'll let the office ladies do it. But uh, uh, I don't have my uh, my journal that we like wrote down our podcast ideas when we were first starting Big Facts New Cap. But mm-hmm. I do remember some of the ideas, which I wish I could find that journal because I think it'd be funny to do a review of all our podcast ideas. But yeah. one of them was your idea, and it was to review the media by dead artists and decide if we're happy or not that they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's still a good idea. Oh. Wait, wait, we should, I feel like this is a one for one. What was one of the silly ones you came up with? All mine were bangers. We're keeping them in the back pocket. We, we're selling mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Paul actually, Paul's idea was like, okay, I'm going to get my mom to write a porno, and then we're going to read that. <laughs> I just got to do that first part, and then we're good. So I think I was, we were talking about this before the pod started, but I've been drinking way too much recently, and I need to pull it back. Mm. But, uh, you know, to the audience, let me know if uh, you can sense my energy has changed, just the general malaise and exhaustedness about me. <laughs> Paul traded in the uh, big glass bottle of liquor for a big old gallon of water. Yeah. Mick Jenkins would be proud. <sighs> he would be. And uh, I'm drinking a Jackrabbit Cherry Sour. It's uh, a little light on the alcohol. Very fruity. Very delicious. Uh, Paul, do you want to tell people how to say cherry in Arabic? Is that a, fr- is that a fun word? Karaz. That's not as fun. You know, I always get that confused with the word for carrot because they're similar, which is jazar. Karaz and jazar. So if you were a rapper rapping in Arabic, you could make that rhyme? Yeah, I mean, if you had a carrots and <laughs> carrots and cherries, <laughs> weird subject matter. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. How about you? How's your week been? Wrapped up your first trial, heading into your second one. Yeah, doing a bunch of other stuff. It was a little bit less busy of a week, so I got some time to like take some time off, hang out with friends, do stuff like that. Did my big pool matchup with my lab mate and her boyfriend uh, yesterday with my with my roommate Tinny Boy. We switched up teams after a while because we were playing a lot of games, and I think the consensus was that Tin's just the best player. So mm. <laughs> that was mostly what we learned from that night. Y'all should have known when he showed up in a leather jacket. Yeah, with his own pool cue. Yeah, <laughs> um, and he had the little glove too. <laughs> Did he really? Super cool. Yeah. Oh, I was joking. Did he actually have a leather jacket? No, no, no. He didn't. That that, that part wasn't true. Uh, it, it's did pretty he have on his days. t-shirt that had like a funny pun about like take yeah. a cue from me and it had like an eight ball on it yeah 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 someone at the bar was like hey guy over there can you tell me that you're really into pool without telling me that you're really <laughs> into pool <laughs> and he just pulled out his jacket <laughs> Any, anyways uh what else uh oh you know what i was gonna say the other day in, in the other podcast which a uh, side note to the audience it hasn't been that long since we recorded our last episode um when I was talking about how my dad called me on the one day after my first trial where I finally took a day off in like two months, um, my dad called me a huevon, which is, uh, it's one of those funny Spanish words where like, if you say it to someone on the street, they might try and fight you. But like for a father to say it to their son, it's like considered endearing. So I was, yeah, I don't know. Those, those words kind of interest me where he's like, where he's calling me that. And I'm like, I looked up the definition and I'm not happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it just means like an extremely like lazy person. Although it, it, in certain parts of Latin America, it means like a dumb person or something. But he was using it to mean like oh, how lazy of you. And I was like, it's my first day off in a while, pa. <laughs> Papa. 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 <laughs> I'm just trying my best, Papa. Um, any words like that in Arabic? Anything like that? Yeah, I think I've talked before on a previous podcast about how like my dad's nicknames for like me and my sister literally translate to like ugly, disgusting child. <laughs> Um, in Arabic, whatever, I guess some people do it in English too, so maybe it's more universal, but I feel like it happens more in Arabic, which is whenever you're showing upsetness with a person or like kind of saying somebody did something bad, 
if it's in your family, you always accuse the person of being the relation they are to the other person rather than you. So, like, if I thought my mom had done something annoying, I wouldn't say, oh, like, mom forgot to pick me up. If I was talking to my dad, I would say, your wife forgot to pick me up. Or Oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> that makes it sound so official. Your wife forgot to pick me up, buddy. <laughs> Whenever you're saying something <laughs> negative about somebody in your family, you always use their relation to the person you're talking to. <laughs> So like, okay, so if you were mad at your dad and you went to your sister, you'd be like, you will never guess what your father just did Exactly. <laughs> or if I was That's mad so at cool. my sister, I would, I, would, I would tell my dad, you can't believe what your daughter just did. <laughs> you, you have the Italian accent too? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's part of it. <laughs> that's cool. I like that. Oh, I guess the other big thing that I had uh, to, that I did this week is I got a haircut finally, which has been very relieving. Hmm. Uh, went to a new place. Very scary. I've been going to the same barber for since I basically since I moved to Davis. Um, but I gave them up because for a dollar more, a place that's in a better place in the city, so it'd be more fun to like, since I go to Sacramento to get my haircuts, you might as well like spend your day there. Uh, it's a better, it's a better part of the city for a dollar more. They also do a wash, which I don't think I've said this on a pod before, but it's like one of my favorite things in the world to get my hair washed by another person. Yeah. Um, I love it too. I, I would it be weird for me as a bald man to just go to a haircut place <laughs> and be like, can, I, can y'all basically just give me a massage? Oh, uh, it was for my brother's wedding in New York, we went to like an Egyptian salon and that was the first time I've ever gotten someone to wash my hair for me. I don't think that was like a service offered at most places in South Carolina back then. And just a life changer. Like I was like, if I'm ever a rich oil baron, I'm never going to wash my own hair again. It's going to be someone else for the rest of my life. It's so uh, it pleasing. It definitely was a thing at like the like chain haircuttery places like as a kid when I went to like. Was it really? Yeah. Uh, the one next to Books to a Million. I forget what the name was, but the one next to Books a Million would wash my hair, which I always looked forward to as a kid. Dang, yeah. Like I said, yeah. now I'm gonna go in. I'm they're just gonna use a big pool cue on me. <laughs> they're not even gonna wash. They're just gonna clean you up like a like <laughs> like a bowling ball. Yeah. Just polish you up. Yeah, no. So uh, went there, had a great time. The person who cut my hair was chill. Told her about the podcast. She uh, seemed interested. Did not ask them for the name. Oh. Um. Oh yeah, and she was really nice. She uh, offered me so when she did the shampoo, uh, using like a nice purple shampoo to get some of like she could tell there was some bronziness in my hair that I wasn't getting out. Uh, so she did that for me, which was very nice. She also taught me that one of the things that you can do besides purple shampoo is use blue shampoo, which I've never heard of before. But she was like, yeah, it helps get out more of the yellows because, you know, the opposite of yellow is blue. And I was like, is that how that works? I didn't know that like these shampoos worked on color theory. I was like, I thought there was just like a chemical in purple shampoo that made it purple. And like the fact that it like changes like hair from like bronzy to white is like an after effect of that not because purple is the opposite of bronze i don't uh, i don't know if that's how that works but <laughs> if so that's tight that's funny paul how's uh how antagonizing is the wait for donda oh yeah it sucks man i want it man that it's that it's contrapoints new video and it's yms's lion king review dude i started contrapoints new video i haven't finished it yet but like man she fucking hit it out of the park it's so good on envy and it's just like i think the thing about contrapoints is that like there's like a self-discovery element. Like the, some of hers are educate. Some of her videos are educational in that they like teach you about like social phenomena. And then some of them are like they kind of teach you about yourself. Like the ones on narcissism and ego. And this one is very much like one that teaches you about yourself. And I'm not like a type of person who reads a lot of like uh, self-help or psychotherapy because I think there's too much bullshit to wade through. And I'm sure there's a lot of like really good points and a lot of that stuff. But uh. I think ContraPoints is such a, like, probing, intelligent person who's clearly read, like, a wide survey of, like, the available thought on something. 
and hearing her talk about envy is just like I don't know. It's really insightful. It makes you think about yourself in a way that, like, I probably wouldn't have come to these thoughts and conclusions by myself because it's, like, hard to be self-critical in that sort of way, like, to know yourself. Mm. Did she do that? Did she do that internet-y thing where she started off by talking about the difference between jealousy and envy? She does, yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay, cool. I was kind of joking, but I'm glad she does. <laughs> I guess that does make sense. She she doesn't start off the video. At one point, she just goes, this is worth mentioning. She doesn't start off by saying, Webster's Dictionary is <laughs> envy. <laughs> no, she starts by asking the audience to raise their hand if they've ever had this experience with envy. <laughs> Do you have any uh, media roundup that besides that you want to go through? Nah. Cool. I have a couple things. I, I, I got cut from last week, but I recommended uh, I Think You Should Leave Season 2. Very mm -hmm. good. You can binge it in a day. Rewatch it. It's got rewatchability for sure. If you're into that kind of, um, I don't know. Yeah, it is. It's, it's cringe comedy, right? In like the actual most literal sense. Yeah, it's cringe with a little bit of absurdism, but not like it's, it's yeah. not quite Eric Andre level. Yeah, absolutely. And then the, I've been enjoying this podcast a lot, Cartoons That Curse. It's a YouTuber that I like and another YouTuber who I've never heard of, but I think they're friends. They talk about adult cartoons going through their Rick and Morty series right now. And I think um, a little highlight for me was like the the phenomenon of hearing someone else have the exact same conversation that you've had before, where one of the hosts, the one that I don't know, is talking to the co-host and the guest about well it starts off with them roasting him about how much he tries to get them to watch paddington 2 and the like how like irate he gets and about how amazing paddington 2 is and how they need to like show respect for paddington 2 and then him making fun of the other co-host for giving it a four on his like uh what's letterbox is yeah. that the one where you yeah he gave it a four instead of a 4.5 or higher and he was like you don't know shit about fucked <laughs> paddington 2 is a masterpiece <laughs> And just that whole conversation where, like, the, the guest is like, there's, I like, I saw it and I was like, there's no way a Paddington movie is going to be that good. And he was like, it is! It's an amazing movie! <laughs> and so I definitely had that exact conversation before with people. And, uh, you know what? Sh shout out to Paddington 2. Watch that if you haven't watched it yet. Oh, and then my favorite part was when he said that he hopes that Paddington gets it many, as many sequels, at least, as the Fast and Furious franchise. Mm -hmm. We need P3. What character from the Paddington universe do you think is going to strike out into their own Hobbs and Shaw style? Oh, that was so funny. I thought you were going to say, which one do you think is going to die in the third movie, like Han? And that's the exact <laughs> question that they followed up with when they were talking about it on the podcast. I like how you kind of did a very similar thing. Almost certainly, I think the daughter in the family. <laughs> I think she okay. need to go off on her own. Um, that's it for my video roundup, though. So, um, All right. You want to get to the theme? Yeah, let's get to the theme of Runo. Yeah, so fast food. Oh, I totally forgot that was the theme. <laughs> I, I feel like usually I would have so much I would want to say, but I'm just like a little bit hungover. Uh, I, can we just keep bullshitting? I mean, we'll, we'll read the articles. What is there to say about fast food? It's fast. It's isn't food. that the best time to, not to think about fast food when you're hungover? Is it? I guess it's more of a night of thing than a cure the next day. More of a diner would be like a cure of next day. But, um, well, let me ask you. There was one question that I wanted to ask you about fast foods and, mm -hmm. um, is the combination KFC Long John Silvers just a Lexington, South Carolina thing, <laughs> or there are there others? Because I feel like there's no way. <laughs> yeah, that was that was just us, right? I think they're definitely owned by the same company, so it must happen more places. They're definitely well, that's kind of, that's I mean that's how those work, right? That's like why Hardee's and Green Burrito or whatever were oftentimes put together. Um, Blippy was that a very like BPs? Was that a very like of its era time to? combine pizza a pizza hut and a taco bell or what was that what was that about i think 
I think the like, thing that always disappointed me is that they never like utilize the fact that they have both kitchens back there to make like a. I think that's the point a lot of people make combination yeah. menu. <laughs> you should be able to get like a pizza with a like crunch wrap supreme as like one of the toppings. Exactly. I don't. I guess Long John Silver and KFC could have done something kind of cool, like a cool surf and turf menu. Mm. Not gonna lie, I mostly went to that KFC for the KFC, not for the Long John Silver. <laughs> I don't know. I, I did you ever utilize it like that with somebody like you know what? I would refuse to have fried chicken right now, but I'm really craving seafood. And somebody else had the opposite going on. And you were like, "There's a perfect option here, y'all. You wouldn't believe it." But you know, that's actually never happened to me. Other than like just saving money on the space, I don't know who like mm -hmm. what the actual utility or if that's somehow more desirable than just having one of those restaurants there. I mean, the Pizza Hut Taco Bell one kind of makes sense because they are disparate enough. But really, a fried food versus fried chicken or fried yeah, fish but, but versus who fried gets chicken. Pizza real. with their friends to then not share with like if you're gonna eat with other people and you're get and you're choosing pizza, it would be weird for one person in the group to be like, no, I don't want a slice. I don't want to chip in for a slice. I want to mm -hmm. go get my own Taco Bell. Could you imagine if you came over with the Mexican pizza? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, your number one dream fast food combination place. Okay, okay. So not necessarily your two favorite places. It might be like a thing where you have to like figure out the formula of which ones are the most How complimentary. How boring would it be if I said like Wendy's McDonald's? <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's and Burger King, because I don't want to see them fight anymore. I want to see them come together. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Okay. Burgers can't be choosers, bitch, this ain't Chipotle. That brings me to my number one point, Chipotle. Not a fast food. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> fast casual is like there, but whatever. That opens the space too much. Okay. We're going to cap it at like five guys. Uh, Adrian, you know this show is about no caps. I know. It's normally no ceilings for us, no caps, <laughs> which is what that phrase means. Um, But today I'm putting a cap on it. Okay. Okay. We'll keep it. We'll keep it real defined and limited. I, I honestly don't Places know. Places that have like a value menu. I don't think I have a good answer to that question. Really? Yeah. I would do a Popeye's cookout, which is a gnarly ass combination. But <laughs> Well, you see, the thing that cookout is bringing to the table is more their tray as a concept. of Yeah, yeah. And then just putting the Popeye's into like the chicken wrap or whatever. Or the... Yeah. Okay. I see. I see conceptually how that could be powerful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Greater than the sum of its parts. Truly. Also, like, Cookout's religious vibe and Popeye's, like, Southern Black thing. I think that can kind of go together pretty well. Ooh, maybe this says something about Christianity's power level in the in the fast food realm. But I think, uh, I think a Cookout Chick-fil-A could kind of be incredible. To get Chick-fil-A items in a Cookout tray. Mm, the waffle nothing. fries would definitely be a big improvement over... Ooh, I'm, Cajun fries are pretty good, though. But with the Cajun seasoning... Ooh, they're Chick-fil-A waffle fries. Oh, man, I miss cookout. I think another one might be maybe I would go for my like um my West Coast roots now and do like in and out and something else. But because mm. they definitely need they could use more items. That's basically the only that's like the perfection of in and out, but also the issue. You want to get your nibblers animal style. You want to get your Zaxby's nibblers with <laughs> Zaxby's in, a, in and out. That's that's a crazy combo. <laughs> you crazy for that one, Paul. I don't I don't I'm you get a little wacky. I'm wild. <laughs> I would put a Carl's Jr. and a, a Hardee's. Uh, Hardee's together <laughs> right in the middle of America. Where, when's the transition point? Is there, a, is there a town where if you go to the town over, it becomes Carl's Jr.? Oh, there's Jr.? constantly shifting lines in this battlefield. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's a war of attrition across the middle of America. So is that enough fast food talk? 
you want to do like your top fast food? Well, that was kind of what that. Well, I guess that's not what that question was, but I'll I'll mention. I think the biggest thing with fast food for me is I am a big fan of McDonald's. Like, mm. not conceptually, but like in my literal day to day life, I do like to go there. And I and I, it's one of those things where I feel a great amount of shame around it because McDonald's mm-hmm. does objectively suck. Yeah, but I think breakfast is great. I think it's their childhood marketing worked on me and there's no way for me to separate it emotionally from just like good vibes of like getting a toy, <laughs> being so excited to go there. The food is so good to be. It's still like it's, you know, what's really funny is that I associate it more with teenage years than kids mm, years. Interesting. So I associate it with um whenever our school, for a reason that I don't really remember, experimented with having days like once a month where on Wednesday we started at like 1045 instead of 8 a.m., um, I associated with those days of like someone driving me to McDonald's and people getting breakfast together before school and then like going over to McDonald's or going over, going over to McDonald's again uh, or and then going over to school. Um, and that's like those are like one of the things that I associate McDonald's with. All right. Any other words about fast food before we like get into articles or bullshit around a little bit more? Um. Yeah, I don't know. Do you have anything? What else? was the last fast food you ate? Burger King. Same. Yeah. It was one right next to my house. There's so, one really close to me, so I went and got the uh, BK King sandwich, which is uh, pretty good. It is pretty good. The spicy one's pretty decent. Yeah. Although, I did have a, a cute little uh What did Friday... you order, Adrian, from Burger King? Chicken sandwich. Same thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Definitely didn't get, a, uh, didn't get an ad earlier in the day for the uh, Smokehouse Bacon King <laughs> burger with, like, garlic <laughs> chips on it, and then order that when I was kind of drunk. <laughs> Adrian definitely didn't do that. Definitely didn't wake up with the smell of garlic impenetrably in my, in my mouth. I just love the idea of those commercials working, because you always see them, and you're like, who the hell is, like, damn, a pit master designed this at, it didn't, at Burger King It didn't King even HQ. look that good in the commercial. <laughs> I was like, I don't really like garlic that much. I don't think I would want that in a sandwich. Um, when you see like when you see like these random food trends that get big, like uh, you know how it was like guacamole for a while, and then it was like ghost pepper or things for a while, like mm-hmm. would go from like fast food plate. Did, did you like those commercials would sell you on something? Like you would go get the ghost pepper fries from Wendy's. Pretzel buns was a num- another one of Ooh, those sort of trends where every love restaurant put out a pretzel bun. Shout out to. Uh, biggest problem in the universe where one of the biggest problems they brought in was the artificial scarcity of pretzel buns <laughs> um <laughs> i'm more of like a, i have my favorites i'm not a big like trend person for fast food i think it mostly you works t- you on me you just mentioned that you saw a commercial for the barbecue pit smoke master that- garlic burger <laughs> <laughs> that's not what it's called <laughs> um I, no that's not that's not that's not a common occurrence for me okay that one although i did get on the chicken sandwich hype so struck you right I guess so, man. I don't know how my brain marketing, man. It's it's a, it's the great evil of the world. All right. Anything else? Should we talk about a uh, supersize me or the immorality of the fast food industry? What it's about doing? their wage practices, their wage practices, labor practices. What they're doing? What the beef industry is doing to like the Amazon? What factory farming and uh, mass production of uh, yeah livestock is doing to the world? Nah, <laughs> that sounds like some nerd shit. If I that sounds like some it. nerd ass shit, bro. Um, was there a fast food place that your parents didn't want you to go as a kid, or like didn't let you go to, or like, uh, did they have a? Did they have? Do you think the way that they like chose fast food restaurants was your preference, or did they just like choose their own preference? Or no, they would take me to McDonald's a lot because uh, I liked it, and they had also like they were like that's the one for kids. Uh, hmm. 
I think no, I don't I don't think they ever had something where they were particularly against. I think they didn't really love Russia's, but that was a local. Oh, what? They're hating on Russia's, bro? Yeah, I didn't really go to Russia's too often. I mean, I went a couple times as a kid, but I didn't go often till like high school. Um my mom really liked their fried chicken and she really liked their coleslaw. Mm-hmm. So whenever we would go, I would get my meal and I would give her my coleslaw. Oh. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was more about how I didn't like it cuz I didn't like mayonnaise-based things. <laughs> so yeah. um yeah, the one vegetable they give you, they just cover in mayonnaise. That's a real, that's that's a South Carolina restaurant. Um, yeah, I loved Rush's. Uh, I was never big on Zaxby's, though. A lot of my friends, really big on Zaxby's. And I just, I'm one of them. I'm a big Zaxby's head. Uh, Dorley's a big Zaxby's fiend. She loves the sauce. I know, like, Drake and Phil are really big on it, too, but... I'm a Nibbler's man, you know? You'd be nibbling. I'll be nibbling. That's one thing we know about him. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how far reaching Zaxby's is. I, we know for sure Rush's isn't far reaching, so that's mm-hmm. very niche for, for, our, for our audience. But uh, Zaxby's is just like another fried chicken place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul, last question. Any white whales of fast food places that you want to go to that you haven't been able to go to? I mean, there's the classic. I've never been to an In-N-Out. Um, mm. And, oh, and White Castle. I've never been to a White yeah. Castle, and I don't that, think it'll that's be That's actually good, mine. But... Yeah. I mean, I know it won't be good based on its reputation, but like Harold and Kumar, yeah, I mean, <laughs> great marketing right there. Yeah, yeah. How can you not want to go after seeing that movie? I think it's that, and I think um, I was supposed to go to Raising Cane's while I was in uh, uh, St. Louis, but never got around to it. Interesting. I'd never even heard about it until we got one on Clemson's campus, and then I went. Wait, out. there was one in South Carolina? Yeah. God damn. There was one in Clemson campus. Uh, it wasn't good. It was. It, mm. If you don't like Zaxby's, you're not going to like Raising Cane's. They very much have... Oh, is like, it all about the sauce or whatever? They have that sauce that all those mm-hmm. types of places have. Um, I think even Cookout has one called Cookout Sauce. That's that sauce. Oh. Um, I usually just like, everything mayo and red bullshit combo. Yeah, is. Thousand Island, basically. Yeah. Um, You know, that's interesting that stuff like that happens. Because I remember, like, for a while, the only Chick-fil-A that was in New York was on the NYU campus, which is why my brother was able to get it. Why did you know or care about Raising Cane's? Because I felt like I didn't know about it until we got one. So I, I, I think I've heard about it on the internet, and Dora Lee really wanted to go. Oh, uh, yeah. She was really hyping it up, yeah. That's nothing special. Yeah. We were supposed to go to Raising Cane's and White uh, Castle, but never did. We oh. went to, like, nice restaurants in the city. Yikes. Yeah, we tried their, like, special pizza place or whatever. Oh, I'm going to New York with a couple friends September. Whoa. Yeah. Nice. Hitting the town. Paul in New York. Paul in New York. You know, it's a little out of the way, but if you guys want to go to Jamaica, um, there's a really good Guatemalan restaurant there. I'll uh, find the name for you guys. Is that a neighborhood in New York I don't know about? It's a neighborhood in Queens, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, let me know about it. Yeah. There's also a really good Argentine restaurant somewhere in... You know what? These are probably too far out for you. These are places that like my brother looked no, up for my, my parents friends, to go my to. My friend's roommate lives in Queens, so we might or not my roommate. My friend, the person whose birthday it is, is lives in Queens. So I think we are okay. going to be out there for a minute. Cool, nice. All right, I'll let you know. Um, okay, well, that part about going to New York is going to get cut out just because there wasn't much there. But uh, it, it was good for okay. me and you to chop it up. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, Argentine restaurants called Boca Juniors. It's like a um, like the thing to get is like the $36 for two people, just like blood sausage, steak, chimichurri, different cuts of meat, chorizo, platter thing that my parents always get. And it's amazing. The Argentinian restaurant? That's the Argentine restaurant. The Guatemalan restaurant just has like, you know, 
Guatemalan food. Uh, like uh, rats on skewers. And... <laughs> Just uh, people in hats in sombreros <laughs> uh, sitting under a shady tree. <laughs> also, I've only heard it once so far, but um, I don't remember this being an issue last year, but apparently it's cricket mating season or something. So there might be cricket chirps in my audio. <laughs> All right, you want to head into the uh, uh, you want to head into the columns? Yeah, let's do it. All right, um, oh, there goes a cricket. <laughs> that cricket is a horny. Meow. Or maybe chirp, chirp. Even the crickets didn't laugh at that one. That was a killer line in middle school when somebody said a joke that wasn't funny. Oh. That's like when someone takes too long at the water fountain and you're like, hey, save some for the fishes. <laughs> All right. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, I think I'm, I'll go first since I brought in an advice column. Oh, oh okay. All right. That's how you want to say that. <laughs> I'll give you one more chance to say it a different way, but <laughs> you can stick with that. I said what I said. Okay. So I brought in an advice column from cheeseburger.com. C-H-E-E-Z burger.com um and it's a column entitled dear karen and it's uh as described by themselves the concept of this column is have you ever complained to every manager in town yet they still can't seem to get it right let karen take over and be the life manager you need in your life she's handled it all from parents who don't know how to raise their children properly or waiters that aren't fast enough with karen by your side you are guaranteed to have it all what are you waiting for? Come along with us on this entitled ride. So nice. a little tongue-in-cheek making fun of uh, Karen's um, advice column. Uh, this one is the one specifically I'm bringing in about fast food is, Dear Karen, when ordering from my local pizzeria online, I wrote that the delivery boy should refrain from parking his motorcycle in my driveway in the request section because it ruins the clean cut aesthetic of my home. And I don't need the whole neighborhood knowing how often I order pizza. Lo and behold, he parked in my driveway again. What do you suggest I do? Signed passion for pizza. What do you suggest she does? So what I do is whenever I order DoorDash, because I realized I was doing it too much during the pandemic, I would put in the request section for them to put it in a box at the front of our apartment complex. Uh, and then put the lid back on the box and lock it up with a combination lock and then just go away. And then I would go get it later. So. Wait, is that true? <laughs> <laughs> That's too specific not to be true. <laughs> um, no, I do really empathize with the uh, feeling of like feeling like your neighbors are judging you for getting food delivered too much. <laughs> that was definitely a portion of quarantine for me. Oh, really? Funny. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's crazy. So many people started ordering food when we all had way more time to cook it's it's a funny little yeah. like switch on what you would expect i guess people were trying to but like all the grocery stores were open and people were going to grocery stores like every you still had to pick up some stuff it's weird that yeah it was also a big part of the whole uh you know like um support local businesses thing or whatever uh okay yeah yeah i see you're you were a hero for using the mega corporation doordash that underpaid. Didn't call myself that. That labor. you called me that. So. So I suggest to this lady, my suggestion would be, uh, take a take a page out of the old Home Alone. Carrie book. Underwood slashes tires. No Home Alone book and oh and booby trap your driveway. I like that. Yeah. The big old paint can swinging. 
I do like what what does she so first off I don't know who's writing into this column is it people being tongue-in-cheek or do they really want advice I wonder what the like I mean my idea initially was that um it's either the person who got this request at the pizza place or like one of her neighbors Mm. yeah I don't know where do you expect them to park I don't get it like do you want them to park in your neighbor's driveway like down the street and walk it over what's the uh concept that's just making your pizza colder yeah conceptually like is there another parking place available does she want no i think it'd be on the street or something right yeah just on the street and not in the driveway yeah i I feel like the person's in and out anyway if anything that's gonna make it longer for them to get to your door and people are gonna have more time to see them get off the bike walk to your door that's true if you do make them parade through the entire cul-de-sac before getting to your house (laughs) it's gonna be even more obvious oh i'm imagining that she wants him to toss it on her yard like uh like newspaper delivery style (laughs) Uh, can we we do another uh toss it on the roof like a breaking bad oh Uh, i'll get it it later (laughs) um can we do another segment of uh paul for you uh where paul says uh the plan and then talks about how the uh his idea for local businesses to do discreet pizza delivery okay okay wait what am i supposed to do here come up with a nathan for you bit of how uh you can discreetly deliver pizzas to a rich lady's house Mm. well you're right i mean obviously they just need to pretend to be something classier she needs to buy him a costume or or this pizza he needs to buy that alfredo's merch from uh Freddie Gibbs, yeah. This pizza delivery place needs to have this as an upcharge service where you can pay five extra dollars. And if you do, they send over the special driver who shows up in a limousine with a giant mm. check and balloons. And they, they have the pizza. <laughs> they have the pizza hidden behind there, but it just looks like you're constantly like winning prizes. <laughs> yeah, that's a cool idea. I like that. That's yeah. a good Nathan for you. It seems like it would cost a little bit more than five dollars per thing. Maybe it wouldn't. Maybe that pays for itself over time. Um, you're right. You're right. Maybe, uh, maybe they could pretend to be what? What's what's a high class thing you would want people to show up to give you regularly? Big bottle of champagne. Big bottle of champagne. I think that's how they should offer the service. I think they should offer the service by they show up in a nice black uh, SUV with those little flags that make it look like they're an ambassador and an important person, mm-hmm. and they always walk up to your door and hushedly hand you a suitcase, like a nice leather briefcase, through the door after a little bit of chit chat obviously you're gonna have to pay for that briefcase so your pizza is gonna cost 120 dollars mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> dude that reminds me of um the time that uh well i guess a friend of mine uh bought shrooms from me and so i brought it in a laptop case like you know just like one of those like kind of like foamy ones that you put uh, your laptop your laptop in mm-hmm. i put it in that we meet in a place on campus i hand it to him Instead of taking the laptop laptop case, he opens it to take out the shrooms in the middle of a public place and puts it in his bag. And I was like, friend, you fucking idiot. Uh, how did you not understand how that worked? But what, oh, Paul, you know what is it roughly the size of a large pepperoni pizza? What? A car wheel. The plan? You act like you're delivering a new car to their place with a bow on it and everything. <laughs> but secretly hidden in one of the wheels is a pepperoni pizza okay. wrapped in some clear plastic so that it's, uh, you know, remains fresh and clean. Amazon drones. What, what what happened to that whole drone delivery thing? Should he park across, like, across the street from the neighborhood and drone it and just in? Just drone it in? Yeah. I like that idea. Those are the kind of drone strikes I can get behind. <laughs> 
<laughs> Once again, they just drop it on your roof, though. <laughs> <laughs> they drop it down your chimney. <laughs> you, they dress up as Santa Claus with a big old sack and they come down okay, your chimney okay. to deliver your pizza so people don't just think you're getting gifts off season. <laughs> Damn, Santa was late this year. <laughs> it was real late and kept coming back every Friday. <laughs> I mean, her her neighbors are all children, right? That assumption holds true. They are all children who believe in Santa. That she's trying <laughs> yeah, to I think that's true. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's part of the aesthetic that she's trying to cultivate. Yeah. This is such a. Do you? How do you feel about this column and the concept of ask a Karen? Do you think it's like a funny? I guess we should wait for the answer before you give a full review. But do you like it yeah. conceptually? I like it conceptually. Okay. What I'm What do, do we it. think her answer is going to be as a Karen? It's going to be like ask to speak to their manager like do you think it's gonna be that cliche or she's gonna put a like fun twist on it yeah do you think the whole thing is just everyone waiting for her to say the line yeah do you think she's gonna be like complain on their you know on their corporate website and put that Ooh, like, yeah yeah like like name and um, plate down do one of those things where you talk about how many followers you have on yelp and TripAdvisor. Mm-hmm. And let them know you're gonna leave a review Ooh, yeah, yeah. I think it's a good idea also are we talking at all about how does it really look that bad if you order pizza a lot? I guess it has to be a pretty upscale neighborhood where it's like a bunch of moms who judge you for like, she's mm. not cooking for her kids vegan? She's ordering mm. pizza from a That's true. chain? Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe she should just be ordering from like an upscale pizzeria. But that's not what she's into. She wants her Pizza Hut meat lover stuffed crust. But she didn't even mention that. She did say pizzeria, so presumably it is even more upscale. It's not like a Pizza Hut. It's Vincenzo's. It's Vincenzo's. Paul, you don't understand, okay? She lives this lifestyle now because she married into it, but she didn't grow up this way. She's just a girl from the Midwest. Uh, Okay. She's just a girl who's used to, you know, cheap beer that's cold. And, and, a, and a little league pizza, you know, yeah. and that's what she's used to. And she's not ready to give that up just because she's in this fancy new house. This is her Friday nights, which she always spends watching NFL because she's just a real girl. And she just mm-hmm. wants to have it with her box wine and her and her Domino's pizza. Can't she's change still her mind. That's block. a good time. Yeah. And in that case, I would say live your truth, girl. Mm-hmm. I would say get him to like play a kazoo or something that's loud when he enters your house. Yeah. <laughs> when he comes to your door. And furthermore. Reserve the special instructions box for box for fun stuff like saying draw a dinosaur on my box or whatever you see on the internet. Oh yeah, whatever you see that shit on the internet, you assume that it's a lie, right? Like, no pizzeria has ever like put the pepperonis in the shape of an airplane or whatever for some redditor. Uh, maybe I, I could see it happening. Certainly, like at Tokyo Grill, like that was the kind of place where if someone asked us something like ridiculous like that and we were slow enough, we'd probably do it. Yeah, yeah, I think it happens. Well, y'all were a bunch of stoners. Nah, uh, uh, stoners and pill addicts <laughs> <laughs> and horse meat connoisseurs. Phil told me the other day that he thinks that Alberto was just fucking with us when he said that he was feeding us horse meat, and I was like, no, that shit hit different. <laughs> <laughs> you think you ate human meat? <laughs> <laughs> it was exactly like that episode of Always Sunny. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's not that crazy to eat horse meat. I think Phil might have a very people do it in France and Canada all the time. Eat. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's jump into the answer. All right. I cannot believe the pizzeria is blatantly disrespecting a regular's requests. Next time the delivery boy commits this faux pas, give him a piece of your mind, and don't forget to call his manager to demand free food and coupons. Ding, ding, ding. She said the thing. She said the thing we're all waiting for. Complain to the manager. It's the least they could do after making you look bad in the eyes of your neighbor once again. It's 
the least they could do after making you look bad in the eyes of your neighbors once again. Always remember that you are a paying customer who deserves top-notch service. Signed, Karen. It's true. Yeah, okay, okay. She, she's playing a character. She, she, mm-hmm. She's being cute mm-hmm. with it. How do we feel after that answer about the concept of this uh, column? I think I'm going to have to actually say not a big fan. It, it seemed too predictable. I don't know it's, if it has legs. Yeah. Yeah. They could do I a lot more with those questions. Yeah, they're fun questions. Yeah, they're not bad questions. All right. Speaking of fun questions, Paul, are you ready to get to column number two? Mm-hmm. Well, column is a strong word. Um, Shout out to our friend Emily of the pod. Uh, we're bringing in more r slash relationship advice from Reddit. Mm. So I'm going to read this little question and then I'll pick out a few of the top answers to uh, use as the answer for the question. But here's the question, Paul. This is from a throwaway account on Reddit. My, 24 female, husband, 25 male, set up an entire Taco Bell dining booth in his office and is upset I want it gone. Mm. How do I even begin explaining this one? Married for a year, husband has always had a soft spot for Taco Bell. I don't understand. I think it's pretty garbage even for a fast food chain. Long story short, one day I come home and there's a bunch of 90s Taco Bell memorabilia in the garage. Apparently, one of the local restaurants was getting a remodel, and I guess he bribed the manager to let him grab a booth and some other things. Now, we have separate bank accounts, so he did this all with his own money. He set it up in his office, which he didn't think was a big deal because it's quote-unquote his space and I hardly go in there. He set it all up and asked me how I felt about it. I told him my honest feelings. I thought it was ugly and tacky and glorified a less-than-mediocre fast food chain. Not to mention it goes against the entire motif of the rest of our living spaces. I'm still just absolutely stunned and shocked that anyone, much less my husband, would think it's a good idea to set up a Taco Bell booth in our house. Suffice it to say, he's upset. I feel like I have a point because it's our house and I live here too. But he claims it's his money, he can do whatever he wants with it. Am I crazy or do I have the right to be upset that our house is turning into a fast food franchise? Uh, this is not this is not the main point, but any time I hear the word tacky, I think about School of Rock and the little kid going, you're tacky and I hate you. <laughs> great movie um but okay so i don't feel good about this because i mm-hmm. feel like our podcast has been kind of called out for this before uh really digging this husband not digging his wife <laughs> <laughs> husband seems like a cool dude he likes taco bell and much like me he tries to buy stuff from restaurants by bribing the owners <laughs> okay okay you see a little bit of yourself in them this is like I, what th- i see a little bit of every man in this man <laughs> This is like when we brought in that column about the abusive manager who refuses to admit she lost. And I, I just, I related too much with the uh, problematic bad person. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how the answers are going to be, but I, I think the husband seems like a cool dude. You think, uh, well, I mean, he's a cool dude to have a beer with. You want to, you want to live with him in his Taco Bell mansion? <laughs> I, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Dude, there was a time where, um, there was a thrift store in Columbia, uh, in high school that I used to go to called recology i think we have them here too mm-hmm. um a rust a restaurant shut down and so they had uh for sale like restaurant boots mm-hmm. and i like my girlfriend had to convince me not to buy them because i was like that is so cool who, who doesn't want to like sit on a restaurant booth at home <laughs> that sounds awesome <laughs> i was like dude i'm gonna buy that for sure <laughs> okay okay so your dream is to like just buy an old like an old fast food place and just like sleep in the back in the kitchen and i dining. want my house to look like an olive garden Oh, okay. Well, I mean, but Olive Garden's classy. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I I like old school Taco Bell aesthetics as well. Honestly, this is making me think that I missed a huge opportunity when during the quarantine, the KFC and um, Davis finally moved away from like the 80s, 90s aesthetic that they had before uh, to like the new, like, you know, modern design. I definitely could have picked up some stuff from them. That would have been so cool. Mm. I I love this aesthetic. I love the idea. I think honestly, Adrian, this is a bit of a side point. This isn't an aesthetic thing, but like, I think you with a full sized industrial fryer, I feel like you would get really good at making some incredible fry food. <laughs> I think me and Tim would be making some good ass food. That's all. Like, if you had a full sized fryer in your house, that would be, you would be the life of the party. People would always mm. come to your place. <laughs> yeah, I think it'd be a good time. Um. Okay, okay. So you think this woman's being unreasonable that he wants to put the... What did he set up again in the office? Uh, it's in his home office. It's a, like a, a booth from Taco Bell. That seems fine. I mean, it's not taking over your house yet. You know what I mean? Like, let him have his yeah. corner. Yeah, it's his space, right? It's he's it's his area, his work from home office, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, yeah, you're right. Women be crazy. Women be shopping. I didn't say that. Not That's for... not what I said. <laughs> I, I, I think I remember you said, you said it with your eyes that I could see. Mm, this I smized call. it. Women be shopping, but not for Taco Bell merchandise. <laughs> mm. That's their problem. They're always buying boots or whatever. Boots with the fur. What were, what, what's this question? Should he be allowed to have a Taco Bell? Why is his wife being so mean to him? She doesn't think it follows the aesthetic of the of the house. Is his office supposed to? Don't a lot of offices have like a bunch of mahogany bullshit and all that, and the rest of the house is regular house style? Yeah, regular house style. <laughs> regular house style. Oh, you're thinking like he has like a study or something. Yeah, yeah I see what you mean. Aren't offices kind of like man caves where they're allowed to be like for the boys? That's kind of like, what I was thinking. It kind of seems like it's in the garage, right? That's like a real man cavey type place, which, you know, I don't necessarily in- enjoy or endorse those like really basic uh, marriage type stuff. But I think a lot of houses are honestly like it's when when you just have tan carpeting and the whole house has the exact same vibe and look all over. I think it can honestly look really drab and boring. I don't think that's as nice a look as mm-hmm. uh as some put together adults think it is. Paul is um, correct. Every room should be a different fast food chain. <laughs> so you're like walking into Taco Bell in the garage and you boom, you walk into an Arby's. Well, no, I mean, l- like you said, like there's there's classy ones. Like you could do the Olive Garden in your living room. Mm. Um, I don't think people would necessarily hone in on the fact that it's an Olive Garden. That's true. It could just be a tacky, like <laughs> Italian grandma's be... place where you have the plastic on the couch. Uh yeah, I don't know. Maybe I, I guess it's one of those things where like, yeah, they're 24 and 25. They're younger than us. This is definitely the period in your life where you can do shit like this. This is where you should be doing stuff like this. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, what age, So you think there is an appropriate age to stop having fun and being goofy? Yeah, you gotta settle down. You gotta settle down. I mean, this guy is 24 and married. Like, you think he would have like a pretty like, I don't know, old school vibe going on anyway, but. Hold on, give me a second. I am, it sounds so loud, I'm convinced the cricket has to be in my room. <laughs> I'm gonna give a quick check. It stopped as soon as I went over there, which seems like a good sign that the cricket's in my room. Bitch-ass cricket, too scared to fight you? I know, right? Show yourself. <laughs> Show yourself, Fight like fool. a man. <laughs> Alright, uh, yeah, Paul, any last words on this one, or any other ideas? What would be your take, Adrian? Would you uh would you try to rationally explain to your wife why it's cool to like why it's cool to have a Taco Bell booth 
Well, that's what's weird to me about it is that she makes it sound like the issue is in particular Taco Bell, whereas like I don't think if she was really into like Fazoli's, she'd be like super stoked about him having a Fazoli's uh, <laughs> booth in there. Either. Yeah, she it seems does, like she does really hone in on the on the fact, the fact that, that Taco, Taco Bell, Bell is for mediocre. trash people. And yeah, <laughs> for low class class trash people, when it's like I don't know whatever fast food place you like, I'm I don't think the booths are much nicer from there. <laughs> yeah, like which one of them's which what where she wouldn't be satisfied with any of them, right? Like the, yeah, the no, issue is that doesn't match the house. That's the one she would want. <laughs> she would want uh, the Panera bread booth. That's true. The house is actually Panera <laughs> styled. That's why it doesn't fit with the rest of the uh uh decor they have a they have a massive microwave where they make subpar mac and cheese in it so that's Ooh, her shout damn. out to panera bread put that in a bread bowl baby Polly do up dude panera bread is the absolute most disgusting most overpriced worst option for i guess maybe it's fast casual more than fast food but like panera bread is trash there's never a reason to go to panera bread damn that's what's up Except for that Turkey Sierra Club. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, my my official stance is fuck Panera. They fired my sister. I don't fuck with them anymore. I don't fuck with them. Not yeah. at all. Um, all right. Should we uh, read some of these answers? Some of these. Yeah, let's get a couple of these answerunos. Um, Paul, this is from WD23. And their response to the question asker is, lady, you need to live moss. <laughs> that's a good answer <laughs> that's that's actually i can see the husband saying that because he's a pretty cool dude <laughs> <laughs> and then from the gucci imagine being this annoyed at the little bit of happiness your husband has one taco bell is delicious two it's his office three try being supportive of the man you love instead of beating him down okay they're really painting the wife as a as a as a villain in this one, I, I mean, which seems classic Reddit. It's Reddit, <laughs> and she's a woman. <laughs> yeah, I was say, it seems about right. Uh, the one little bit of happiness your husband has because he's married to you. <laughs> I can tell from this very short anecdote that you are a complete bitch, and definitely not a stand-in for my mom telling me I'm not allowed to have tendies. <laughs> All right, this is from Tickle the Grundle. I get the impression that you only want the advice that helps you get what you want, but maybe you need to consider that you are overreacting. You say that his office goes against the motif of the rest of the house. Would this motif be something that mainly you selected? Whether it is or isn't, it's possible that you are being a little too controlling here. The most you could ask of him is to put up a door so that the doorway could be closed, but other than that, I think you need to lighten up. It's clear that you've spent plenty of time thinking about how this makes you feel, but maybe you should take some time to think about how your reaction is making your husband feel. I imagine it'd be appreciated to have your loved one make you feel like you're an embarrassment. You're married to a lovable goofball, so I suggest you love your goofball. Oh my god, that one really, the, they they give away the, they the, they kind of gave away the game at the end in that comment. The I know that's what you were going with, but like just the vibe of this person clearly like this is a stand-in for anybody who's ever told him like, hey man, like stop being like a lazy asshole and fix your shit. Yeah, yeah putting this woman in that stand place for that like i don't know adults have well decorated houses i don't think it's unreasonable for her to be like hey i put a lot of effort into like keeping a clean well decorated house like you can't mm -hmm. just i don't know maybe maybe i'm being no fun too yeah i don't know i could see someone being mad at me for coming home with my obama and zach galifianakis and car fox and uh that one football player and that one basketball coach cardboard cutout <laughs> Just being like, these live in our apartment now. Oh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I love this type of shit, but it's just like, I, I also 
live with boys and live alone. Like, you know, like I'm still living a very bachelor lifestyle. I feel like mm-hmm. I, I would understand that part of marriage might be like, it's time to, I don't know. I guess I sound like a buzzkill. I, I, I hear myself sounding like a buzzkill, so I'm going to stop talking. Boy, okay. All right. All right. What is my perception of marriage? Should I? <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, maybe we should cut all this out so I stop sounding like such a big bish. <laughs> okay, another comment that kind of seems like the same. Let me see if I can find one that's in her favor. Nope, it's just a lot of answers <laughs> from people who are saying that the wife sucks. <laughs> am I am I wrong for thinking that at least, in the very least, I, I also... I think I agree that the wife is wrong in this situation, but I at least think that you can see why she feels that way, right? Like, it's not as cut and clear in one direction, or am I just being, I don't know, too much of a No, I think you're right. I think that we can't can't let Reddit be the the, the true position here. I think you're correct, but there's definitely a consensus over here on the the thread. Okay, yeah, these are all real mean, so we're gonna, I think that's it for the answers. You guys basically got the gist, uh, they do not agree with her. Paul, any any last comments that you want to make about that, or? It's just, uh, I don't know. I, I, I thought a lot of times when I talk about, like, my frustration with Marvel movies, I bring it back to, like, they're not bad movies. There's really nothing, like, fundamentally wrong with a lot of them. It's just the amount of space they take up in people's lives in the cultural imagination and their influence sometimes gets on my nerves because it almost feels like what does this say about our society that people are like regressing this much to basic like stories of good and evil that should really only actually appeal to children and reading these questions kind of gets to that same thing with me where or these answers where it's just like what does it say about our society that like every single person in the replies seems to be taking a like not th- people redditors every single redditor in the reply seems to be taking a uh, position of like treating her as a stand-in for authority figures like moms or people who have told them to clean up their room like this very clear childlike frustration and nobody's going you know like it's the part of being an adult is having a nice clean well-kept place I'm not even there yet, so I don't even know why I'm, like, defending this, like, some sort of buzzkill, but, like, I kind of see her point. Like, Mm. at at a certain point, if you are tending to a nice house, you do want to keep it nice. I don't know. It's just, like, what does it say that the only correct opinion on Reddit is, like, I want my tendies, I want to eat them in bed while playing my video games with my LED light-up keyboard. Just, like, everything has to appeal to, like, my sense of what was cool at age eight. Really quick, uh, if you're done with, uh with that oh yeah i'd sorted by controversial to see if i could get some other opinions and i found one person who deleted their uh, username but i think has the big facts no cap spirit comment you gotta one-up him with even tackier furniture (laughs) that's so true i think (laughs) that's so us (laughs) i think they gotta hit it all (laughs) yeah we've really been coming at this from a like a versus b standpoint rather than the correct standpoint of you need to you need to fight him on conceptual grounds about you need to start putting more pizza hut stuff in your house that you eventually (laughs) become a combination pizza hut taco bell yeah i changed my answer that's the right one you need to fight him you need to you need to figure out who gets to control the aesthetic of the house by starting to do wackier and wackier things till he questions you and then you have the moral high ground it's a cool idea it's a cool idea all right 
Are you ready for a third segment, Paul? I am ready for our third segment. So we're doing, for our third segment, Adrian, we're doing a segment I call Fast Food. All right, so we're doing a segment that's all about fast food and eating food fast. So, Adrian, you're familiar with uh, food challenges, I assume? Yeah, famously, I've done one. Um. Oh, yeah. Do you want to give a roundup of uh, of your performance with Phil during your spicy soup? Wait, no, this wasn't with Phil. This was with... uh. Another uh, Esteban. Esteban with your spicy sushi Charleston. Um, it was a sushi place that had a challenge where if you could eat 10 uh, tamaki hand rolls, um, each with incredibly uh, increasingly more spice. Like the last one had a full ghost pepper in it. The one before had like a full uh, red Thai chili in it and so on. Um, if you could eat all 10, they would give you like a black little uh, headband. And if you wore that to the restaurant from then on, you would get free appetizers. And so we kind of made a day of it. We went to Charleston. I think we rode our bikes around for a while. And then we went to the restaurant. We got a beer. And then we decided to do the challenge. And a guy who had the black headband was there. So he comes over to talk to us when he finds out that we're doing the challenge. And he looks at us and he's like, um, you know, if you don't finish in the first 15 minutes, you have an hour to do it. He's like, if you don't finish in the first 15 minutes, give up. You're not going to do it. Okay. And then he also said, as soon as you finish... They take your picture, they give you a glass of milk, and after that, go to the bathroom and throw up as much of it as you can. Uh, and that was his advice to us, which was very ominous. Um, Did you show up with Epic Hack? Because I can't actually force myself to vomit, so if I didn't have, like, a... Let me tell you, Paul, uh, don't spoil the ending. We'll get to we'll get there. Um, Esteban and I do the challenge. Esteban does the coolest move ever, which is he gets to hand roll 10, and... Or no, hand roll seven. He gets the hand roll seven and says, you know, the spice isn't that bad, but I'm just too full to keep going. (laughs) (laughs) So that's his move. And he drops out. I think after like 30 minutes, uh, I'm on like the last two rolls and I start employing a technique where I cut off like whole bits of it. Take a gulp of water and just like throw it back together, just like straight down my gullet like a like a seagull (laughs) Um, instead of chewing any of it. And that gets me all the way to the last bite of the last hand roll. And I just cannot hold it in. There's like five minutes left on the clock. And I go to the bathroom. Men's bathroom is closed. I go into the women's bathroom and I just vomit straight into the toilet. Just like all of what I had just eaten. Apparently not all of it because I had a terrible night at the end of the night. I fail it. Esteban fails it. We pay for the meal. We crawl to the food line that's in the same complex and get Pepto-Bismol and start chugging it. Just like passing it like around like a 40. Uh, We're sitting in the parking lot. We're on the ground because we can't like even like force ourselves to sit up. The Chick-fil-A that is next to us had like a kid friendly event that day because it was like a Saturday like evening. So we're lying on the ground moaning, passing a bottle of Pepto-Bismol. And we hear a Christian band playing for kids at Chick-fil-A. Hey, hey, Jesus is the way. And so we're just forced to listen to this terrible music while we're in so much pain. We can't even get in the car because it hurts too much to sit up. And then finally, once we're able to get up, we get a milkshake from that Chick-fil-A and drive home. And uh, I had, yeah, I I almost thought about going to the hospital that night multiple times (laughs) because my stomach hurts so much. And that was my, yeah, that was my food challenge I do like Esteban saying about it. He's just too full. I, I like, I like him getting to like the third one and being like, actually, I'm, it's like, I, for me, sushi, it's like all about the rice and they're not cooking their rice, right? So I'm out. 
Um, all right. So for this, I actually have this collection of food challenges on MajorLeagueEating.com. And so MLE? Has, MLE. They have this collection of foods by weight. And the person who has the world record for the fastest time eating that food. Cool. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go through let's say how many of these fifteen? Ten. Uh I'll tell you the weight, exactly what sort of brand or restaurant this food is from, uh mm-hmm. the name of the person and the year they completed the challenge, and you let me know how long you think it took them to complete the challenge. How fast did they eat this food? Alright. Um, and if you're within two minutes of that time, you're getting points. Um, so let's start with, let's start with eggs. How long do you think it took Joey Chestnut in 2013 to eat a hundred? That's not a real guy. That's a horse. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually a battle rapper. How long did it take Joey Chestnut to eat 141 hard boiled eggs in October 5th of 2013? Okay, that's interesting. First of all, how long-standing that um, record is. But also, I was going to ask what the cook method was, because I think hard-boiled, probably the easiest, right? I honestly, I would have thought, like, a hard-boiled egg, you have to chew. Anything that you don't have to chew, people are going to eat way more of. Oh, that's true, yeah. I'm going to say 7 minutes 30. It was 8 minutes. Congratulations, Adrian. You have one point. Okay. Ain't no egg on my face. Okay. Okay. How long do you think it took Buffalo Jim Reeves to eat 13.22 pounds of watermelon at the Brookville Community Picnic in July 30th of 2005? That sounds so quaint. (laughs) (laughs) I love everything about all of that. (laughs) These people also have pages. So if you need some like a biography on Buffalo Jim Reeves. (laughs) Oh, I already know his entire life. I love that his specialty is watermelon. <laughs> That's so cool. Uh, how much was it again? He ate 13.22 pounds of watermelon at the Brookville Community Picnic. 13.22 pounds. You know, I listened to a podcast recently about um, the the world record for smashing watermelons between your thighs, <laughs> but they did not mention anything about eating watermelons. I'm going to say that seems ideal because you do have to chew, but you can kind of just like, you know, it's it's not really chewing. Four, four, 14 minutes. Holy shit, 15 minutes. Good one. <laughs> oh, Two points for AJ. I am good at this. I was mostly thinking about, that's actually one of the best ones to do a whole bunch of, because it's basically just water. You're basically just hydrating yourself really well. Mm. I like that. <laughs> How long do you think it took Cookie Jarvis, they don't actually have a year on this one, <laughs> interestingly enough, to, to eat two pounds and 2.5 ounces of Hooters chicken wings? <laughs> Okay, this is, again, I just love everything about all that. A little bit of this person's biography, age 39, weight 419 pounds, from Nesson Consett, New York. And Jarvis holds more titles than anyone in the world, including his first title, World Ice Cream Eating Champion. Damn. After struggling in the 2004 season, he came in strong in 2005, winning the cannoli eating contest. (laughs) dude that's okay i love how it's written I, this is all great okay i'm I'm in, no matter if i lose i still win because this is a great experience <laughs> i also am interested in this because so i know from youtube matt stoney is the big like uh competitive eater dude and he is what i always pictured as like being a competitive eater where it's like a very small guy 
but like surprisingly they can eat a lot that's I, i'm surprised to hear that like the i'm not surprised but it makes sense that like the best competitive eater is a guy who's like 400 pounds um named cookie jarvis his name is cookie, cookie jar. jarvis <laughs> cookie jar cookie jar <laughs> um that's literally if his name was like food eater man <laughs> um two pounds of wings i feel like that's a pretty achievable amount so i guess it must be really quick i'm gonna assume that it's like four minutes holy shit adrian you are so good at this five minutes <laughs> <laughs> i thought i was gonna be so wrong i was like wait no wings are so hard to like actually get through i feel like there's no way it's that quick okay i'm picking this one just because i'm interested in the guy's nickname so okay. we're gonna do matzo balls <laughs> okay. this one is eric badlands brooker mm. oh no not brooker eric badlands booker ate 21 baseball sized matzo balls how long did that take him? Weight 400. Known as the People's Champion, Badland mm. Booker maintained a position at the top of the IFOCE rankings for years and is still there. Hmm. He has excited fans at recent events by performing selections from his rap album, Hungry and Focused, 1 through 4. <laughs> Dude, that's so dope. That's got like an Action Bronson thing going on. <laughs> and he remains among the most popular eaters in America. All albums are for sale on the IFOCE store. Dude, People's Champ. I love that. Mm-hmm. Okay, we definitely have to end on one of his songs. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. 21 baseball-sized matzo balls from rapper and eater Eric Badlands Booker. So this is an interesting one because this is the first time that we have gotten to a food that I have not eaten before. So I do not know what the experience or troubles around eating a matzo ball is. Yeah, how dense are matzo balls? I don't think I've had them. Yeah. Six minutes, 45. Dude, Adrian, what the fuck is up with you? <laughs> five minutes, 25 seconds. <laughs> hey, okay, okay. So how about we're going for a gross one. We're going for Eleg Zornitsky. And they're, they ate. Four thirty-two ounce bowls of mayo. Oh, um, let me give you a little bit about them. They weigh one hundred sixty-five pounds from Brooklyn. You, by the way, all of these uh, bios are called bib sheets. Uh, okay, I love that. <laughs> many fans believe that Oleg has had several bad calls in the past year or so, specifically at the Pilimani Eating World Championship and at Maui's Salty Ball Potato Eating Championship. While he failed the to salty balls, <laughs> he ate the salty balls. <laughs> While he failed to successfully defend his title in Chicken Wings in Buffalo, placing fourth, there is a contingent that believes he remains among the top eating champions in the world. He is a- avid about disco dancing and known for his attention to fashion. I really want to watch a documentary about competitive eaters. I feel like I've said this before, like the short two-season documentary stocky series about uh, the World Beard Championship that I watched one time in like 2013 where everything about it was just so perfect. Like, every character was exactly who you thought they would be. There's the young, hotshot, like, up-and-coming champion, Jack Passion, who's got, like, this crazy beard or whatever. Like, I want to see that docuseries about competitive eaters. That being said, what am I trying to guess? You're trying to guess 432-ounce bowls of mayonnaise. mayonnaise. Right, okay, gross. Yeah, that one really, yeah, I think I immediately blocked that out of my mind. Okay, you know what? I'm going to be bold with this one. Three minutes. Oh, our first miss. No. One question five. You're four for, you're four for five. Um, it's eight minutes. Ah, God damn it. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a lot of mayo to get through. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I'm sure it's obvious now that you've heard the answer. Do you think, like, uh, like an, an Adam Richmond show, Man vs. Food, where he does the ice cream challenge, and to get through it, he orders fries halfway through to, like, give him something salty to break up the ice cream? Uh-huh. Do you think he was, like, eating spoonfuls of mustard in between, just, like, cutting up through all the, <laughs> through all the mayo? <laughs> I like that. It wouldn't be something solid. It would be another, <laughs> another condiment. <laughs> he just added a little sriracha to it to make it spicy and a little bit more palatable. Okay. Oh, this one's interesting because it's a woman. So how long did it take Sonia Thomas to eat 11 pounds of downtown Atlantic cheesecake in 2004? She, like your expectations, is 105 pounds. Interesting. How long did it take her to eat 11 pounds? A 105 pound woman to eat 11 pounds. So about 10% 10 of her body body weight (laughs) in cheesecake. In cheesecake. Oh, that's so rich. Uh, You know, I'm going to be a little bit adventurous on this one. I'm going to say it took her at least like 19 minutes. Nine minutes. You are now four. Holy for shit. Seven. Damn, girl. She be eating, eating. Sheesh. Sheesh. <laughs> that's crazy. Okay, Adrian. Mm-hmm. How long did it take... <laughs> How long did it take? Did it take Hobo Johnson? (laughs) You're not far off. How long did it take Crazy Legs Conti? (laughs) Dude, that used to be my nickname when I played soccer as a kid. Crazy Legs. Crazy Legs Conti to eat 2.71 pounds of green beans. Oh man, choose a more exciting food. Maybe that's how you win is like you pick a niche thing like that. Legs started as one of the sport's biggest fans. It was in 2002 when he visited New Orleans to watch Super Bowl Super Bowl, what was 30, 36, that he began competing in the sport he loved. Oh, I guess that's funny. They call it their thing, the Super Bowl, too. But for them, that seems more oh, appropriate. Oh, that's funny. I like um, that. Unable to secure a ticket, he opted to watch the games at the venerable Acme Oyster House, where he downed 34 dozen oysters in just over three hours, setting a new Acme Endurance record. Legs returned to New Orleans in April for the 2002 Big Easy Eat-Off, choosing a major for his first official IFOCE contest. Flanked by such veterans, <laughs> flanked by such veterans as Mo Ribs Molesky and Crawfish Nick <laughs> and Crawfish Nick Stipolakovich, Crazy Legs downed 168 oysters on the half shell hands-free for a decisive win the rookie eaters next consumed 18 and a half hot dogs and buns in coney island on july 4th and secured the mle pancake eating title when he downed 3.5 pounds of sourdough pancakes and six pounds of bacon as part of the hibernation cup so yeah how did it take crazy how long did it take crazy likes conti to 2.71 pounds of green beans that doesn't seem like a whole lot. I guess it's it's kind of like the produce thing where it's like two pounds of green beans might actually be quite a bit. But I'm going to have to say like 5.15. Six minutes. You're back on track. You are now five for eight. Back on the five board, baby. Okay, butter. How long did it take Don Lerman to eat seven quarter pound sticks of salted butter? Now, to let you know a little bit about Don before you uh get into this, he's known as having the fastest hands in competitive eating. This was never more clear than in a one Oh, he also has a nickname. Don Moses Lernman is known as having the fastest hands in competitive eating. This was never more clear than in a one-on-one baked beans title match with Leon Feingold. Lerman down... One-on-one baked beans title match. <laughs> uh, I think that's the name of this episode. One-on-one baked beans title match. <laughs> 
Lerman down six pounds of beans in one minute and 47 seconds. Lerman also recently performed well at the Broadway at the Beach steeplechase, trailing only slightly behind Dale Boone for a second-place finish. (laughs) The butter and jalapeno popper champion still has many meals left in his career. Fans have been asking for a three-way bean eat-off between Don, Dale Boone, and Sonia Thomas in baked beans. Until this happens, the world will not know who is the planet's fastest baked bean eater. Okay. And he ate four unsalted sticks of butter? All right, you know what? I'm going to say three minutes. Five minutes. Buy a hair. You, you got it in. <laughs> you are yeah, yeah. six of nine. I was nine. trying to do an Indiana Jones getting my hat right while I'm sliding past the door. You know how I am. Six of nine. I think seven out of ten is good if I can wrap this up. All right. Let's end it with Takaru Kobayashi. Okay. Okay, the goat. Eating 57 pounds. Or no, wait. 57 cow brains or 17.7 pounds of cow brain. Kobayashi won the Nathan's Famous Fourth of July hot dog eating contest six years in a row until 2007 when Joey Chestnut did what no American had done before. Chestnut dethroned Kobayashi, beating him by three hot dogs and buns, 66 to 63. Kobayashi lost to Pat Buratoli and Joey Chestnut in the Spike TV MLE Chowdown and was unable to defend his title in the Crystal Square Off World Hamburger Eating Championship. Damn, it's going to be the really sad chapter in the docuseries is about to follow Kobayashi. You know, for everybody else, it seemed like they were trying really hard to hype them up. And then Kobayashi being the most famous, it just sounded like they were mm-hmm. telling us about his failures in his bio. He is actually the most famous, right? Yeah. I was wondering, because the, the reason I know about him is rap lyrics. Like Donald Glover and I think Domo Genesis both have like lyrics about Kobayashi. I think he kind of fits your stereotype of not being that big a person. He's 160 pounds. Um, so mm. I think people like... The 2000s were a boring time. We just had to consider everything interesting back then. And a small guy winning hot dog eating championships was of big importance. Um. Okay. Kobayashi. What is he eating? Cow brains. Cow brains. 57 of 57. them or 17.7 okay. pounds. 57 cow brains. That's got to take you a minute, you know? Um, <laughs> At least a minute. You're right. I'll, I'll go ahead and help <laughs> you out. It is more than a minute. I think that probably took 13 minutes. Another one right <laughs> right on the hair's width 15 minutes so adrian what does that put your score at seven seven, seven out ten. of ten i had one bad uh run in the middle i have to give you uh i have, to, I have well. to give you a big congrats man that's way better than i would have done i think i don't think i had this sort of insight that you did well when it comes to eating things fast i guess i know a thing or two yeah all right adrian big facts no cap get out all right my big fact is the drama the sportsmanship, the the friendships, the enemies. There's a lot of places in this world you could find that stuff, but it's much funnier if it's happening in competitive eating. So I think we should uh, all be thankful that a little silly thing like that is apparently of such big import that people are world champions. They're flying all over the world to eat as much as they possibly can. I think that's pretty cool. Big fact. And my no cap, Wendy's Twitter. Are we supposed to think that's funny or no? What's the current consensus on that? Let me know in the comments. All right. Five-star review. Let us know in the comments. Is it corny or is it still cool? All right. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Hey, let's head out with one of them bangers from Joey the Mountain Marone. What was his actual name? I have to open it back up. Oh, if you got to look it up, it's fine. All right. We're going to leave you guys out with a banger from from a competitive eater. Cookie Jarvis. Playing us out, Cookie Jarvis. Oh, 
Hello, they call me Cookie Jarvis. You heard me Cookie Jarvis. Cause I bake my cookies the hardest when it comes to cooking. I'm an artist. Let me tell you how I make my product. Now, first tell them how you get started. Those way back in them projects back then. A nigga used to hustle retarded. Cause I run up to cars with my hands all in the cookie jar. They say that boy got hard all on front street, but then I got smart. Out here with cookie crumbs. Try to make cookie dough. They gotta get you some. Hey, what you looking for? Had me a cookie dream. Talk to the cookie king. Said before you have pies and cakes, first you gotta have cookies and cream. You can have all the cookie things. They tired of scoring from rookies. Guess they got bored with the cookies. Guess they expect more from the cookies. I said I'll suck it, suck it. Went straight to cooking cookies. Didn't get it right on the first try. Matter of fact, I don't know how many times it took me. But when I got it right, it was a Friday night. I told the cookie.